Now, I know there are some rumors out there, and I just kind of want to set the record straight. Uh, 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 I'm assistant regional manager. I should know first. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, okay. Um, can you just tell me, please? Just tell me well, quietly. I'm about to tell whisper everybody. whisper it in my ear? I'm just about please. to tell everyone. Can you okay. just tell us? Uh, please, okay? Do you want me to tell them? Uh, you don't know what it is. <laughs> so can I'm, you tell them? With my permission. I don't need permission, your permission. granted. Go ahead. In season one, episode one of The Office, we see office manager Michael Scott call a staff meeting, something that we would see in nearly every episode of The Office for nine seasons. The purpose of this meeting was to relay some information from a meeting that he had had with Jan from corporate. Of course, before he was even able to say anything, Dwight Schrute from sales jumped up and demanded to know what the information was before everybody else because he considered himself the assistant regional manager, something that we would come to see be quite the running joke. What started as insistence quickly became an assumed role of authority over his own boss. In fact, giving his boss permission to say what he was going to say. Now, anyone who's ever worked in an office setting would see this situation play out on TV and think, if that were me, I'd have gotten fired. That is supremely ridiculous. But are we doing the exact same thing with God on a regular basis? You see, God does have a plan for your life and for your family and for your job and, and for your future. But heck, even from the beginning, we have not been great on following God's plan. In fact, even since the Garden of Eden, we have seen man decide to choose their own destiny, their own path, their own way, and leave God's plan in the dust to dire consequences. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, maybe it's a lack of trust. Maybe it's an overabundance of pride like Dwight had. That is keeping us from just letting God do what God does and instead trying to micromanage our own boss. But whatever the case, our scope is so incredibly limited. We're only able to see a few feet in front of us. The big, immense, bigger than we can imagine plan that God has for us. Well, you don't know what it is. <laughs> Look, I get it. The fear of the unknown is a terrifying thing. It's very difficult to let go and let God, especially when it comes to big things in your life. But when we can find the courage to be patient and have faith, that is when we find God's biggest blessings. He is our father after all, and... You ain't gonna be messing with my chillin'. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. At Diversity Today, we believe it's very easy to be a hero. All you need are honesty, empathy, respect, and open-mindedness. Uh, excuse me? Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's not all it takes to be a hero. Oh, great. Well, what is a hero to you? A hero kills people. People that wish him harm. Okay. A hero is part human and part supernatural. A hero is born out of a childhood trauma or out of a disaster um. that must be avenged. Okay, um, you're thinking of a superhero. I don't think it's any secret that things are a little tense here in America right now. In fact, all over the world. But there's currently been this giant uprising in racial awareness and diversity being something that all of us have a keen eye on. Now, it's not my intention to get into all the different political aspects surrounding this debate, but one of the things that does seem to be clear is that whether we see it or not as a society, that there are strains of racism that are still weaving their way through our country and our world. 
And so when we think of heroes in the terms of fighting racism, oftentimes we think of this guy. Abraham Lincoln once said that if you're a racist, I will attack you with the North. And I think we would all agree that Abraham Lincoln is a hero, especially in this vein. The same goes for Martin Luther King Jr., for Rosa Parks, for anyone who decided to take a stand for the community that was in need, that was struggling. And in fact, there are men and women of all races who are taking a stand, saying that enough is enough and that we need to put an end to this now. Unfortunately, there are people in different parts of the country who are in disagreement on the best way to go about this. One thing is for certain, violence should never be our first option. Empathy should always be the name of the game. Now, empathy is not sympathy. Empathy is actually just learning to feel like the other person feels, trying to figure out how they got to be who they are and why they felt that way. You can even empathize with someone who you believe is racist. Now, that doesn't mean you're condoning how they believe but it is helping you put yourself in the mindset of how they got there, which in turn should help you minister to that person to try and turn their mind around. When we think about what a hero is defined by the Bible, we think about God's terms laid out in Romans 15, one and two. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. This first describes the different characteristics of heroism, helping those in need, buttressing the weaknesses of others with our strengths and vice versa, and contributing to the welfare of our neighbors. Building people up, not tearing them down, is where change occurs. Sure, not everybody's going to change, but those that do will begin to turn the tide. Simple, one-on-one, -on -one, personal, honest conversations. That's where it all starts. Because after all, we all have a hero in our heart. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. I'm now going to read aloud your submitted medical conditions. When you hear yours read, please raise your hand to indicate that it is real. If you do not raise your hand, it will not be covered. Leprosy, flesh-eating bacteria, hot dog fingers. Government-created killer nanorobot infection. Who wrote this, this hysterical one? Anal fissures. That's a real thing. Yeah, but no one here has it. Someone has it. In the third episode of the first season of The Office, we see Dwight Schrute get put in charge of picking the new healthcare plan for the branch. Michael Scott doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to upset everybody because this new healthcare plan has to be less expensive. And so Dwight cuts costs, bare bones, and nobody's happy. So in order to appease the people that are upset that he works with, he decides to allow them to instead submit a form that lists all of their maladies. Being called out as the invasion of privacy that is, Dwight says, okay, well, don't put your name on it. And so the hilarity begins as everyone decides to mess with him instead. However, eventually Dwight catches on and demands that everybody raise their hand if they are actually suffering from this malady. And of course, eventually one of these actually happened to be real. And it makes the person who's suffering from it very uncomfortable. Of course, all of us are private when it comes to the things that we struggle with especially those things that are hindering our spiritual walk with Christ. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups that have crept in over our lives over the course of years that we have no idea how to handle but are too embarrassed to actually share. James 5.16 tells us, 
Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer is powerful, but specifically the prayer of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are praying over us for our struggles and for our freedom and healing from this, that is where that healing begins. That is why this kind of prayer is so important, though I admit that it would be embarrassing, especially if you've done a good job at hiding your sins. It might come as a big surprise to the people around you when you start talking like this. All right, I have some news for you. There is a big surprise. And here it is. Here we go. And the big surprise is drum roll look i understand it's uncomfortable the truth is if it was easy god probably wouldn't have had to tell us to do it the problem is our refusal to let down our guards and take off our masks is ruining our church culture we are not the family that we're supposed to be and we are not finding the healing that God has promised because we refuse to do our part. Fight that urge to stay silent. Because frankly, it's an epidemic. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. And there's one other thing, and this is important. Let's keep this alliance totally a secret. An alliance? Oh, yeah. What does that even mean? I think it has something to do with Survivor, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I know that it involves spying on people, and we may build a fort in the county. Jim. Hey. Hey. Hi, Pam. Listen, could I talk to you for a second about the paper products? Did you tell Pam about the alliance? What? No. Just now. Oh, no, no, no. Dwight. No. I'm using her for the Alliance. There's no getting around it. The downsizing is coming. We find the people of Dunder Mifflin coming to that conclusion here in episode four of season one of The Office. But to whom and when is it coming? And how would one protect themselves? How about we form an alliance? When Dwight actually comes to Jim and earnestly suggests forming an alliance to try and keep themselves on staff, Jim emphatically accepts the invitation so he can mock Dwight, so he can make fun of him and prank him. And even though this is only the fourth episode of The Office ever, the show has already done a tremendous job in making you dislike who Dwight is and what he does. And so, you're right on board along for the ride on Jim and Pam's side. Dude, hey, no, hey, dude, hey, I was just, hey. listen, whoa. I don't even, I don't even know how to explain this. Um, uh, Dwight asked me to be in an alliance. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'm not trying to high road you here. This is what the story was about. But the truth is, those of us who live about our daily lives and not on a sitcom do have to interact with people that we dislike, maybe even people that we would consider enemies on a regular basis. How are we supposed to treat these people? Well, in Proverbs 24:17, we're told not to gloat when our enemy falls. In Proverbs 25:21, we're told to feed our enemy when he's hungry. But the blatant instruction to love our enemies came from Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, when he said, "You have heard." that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. God, who is love, has told us to love. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to like everything that they do, even what they believe or what they stand for, but it does mean that we need to treat them as God the Father treats them. People who need God's love. People who need the bread of life. People who one day might be standing beside you on a Sunday morning in church. 
Because frankly, we should be treating our interactions with everybody as if one day we're going to have the opportunity to truly witness to their heart, to show them just who Jesus is and to help bring them into new life. And in that way, we're able to form a true alliance, turning enemies into friends and in fact, family who all share in heaven's living bread. Because frankly, their bread is very good. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. I do my best to to be my own man and to go by the beat of a different drummer, and nobody gets me. And they're always putting up walls, and I'm always tearing them down, just breaking down barriers. That's what I do all day. So, a coffee. In the last episode of the first season of The Office, we see both Michael and Dwight battling for the affection of the purse girl, a solicitor who comes in to sell purses in the office, which Michael only allowed after seeing her and being attracted to her. Michael puts on this facade of someone who is always tearing down barriers throughout the day. And, you know, maybe he does sort of believe that that's who he is, but it's clear he's putting on a show. Dwight puts on a show by pretending he's actually interested in buying a purse for his own use, thanks to another prank by Jim. Not only are both these men entirely infatuated with this woman pretty much on sight, they're already beginning to plan out their future lives with this woman they hardly know. Sometimes life can be captivating like that. Something, it doesn't have to be someone of the opposite sex, but something is in our path that we feel like we don't deserve as ourselves. That we need to put on a facade, we need to put on a show, we need to puff up our chest a bit. Lie, in other words. No, I don't believe that. Believe it or not, we do it all the time. And while the act of building ourselves up to look better than we really are might be rooted in our lack of self-esteem, the idea that we have that no matter what we present outwardly, everyone else is going to believe it, that is rooted in our pride. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. And of course, Matthew 23, 12 reminds us that whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. God is clear in those verses and so many others that he wants us to act in a spirit of genuineness and humility. I'm not saying you have to show off all of your warts to every person that you encounter, especially somebody that you're interested in dating. Goodness gracious, no. But what I am saying is that anytime we put ourselves on a false pedestal because of our lack of self-esteem, but fueled by our pride, we are destined to fall and come crashing down hard. Genuine humility. Just do it. Nike. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio.